Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I dot O-R-G. If you're watching this on Facebook, hey, they took away the live Facebook option, so it looks like they're like YouTube where you record a video and then you upload it, so that's what I'll be doing evidently from now on on Facebook. Uh, but anyway, C-W-O-W-I dot uh, ORG stands for Church Without Walls International. We're a house church network. We're all about the discipleship process, which is a lifelong process of integrating the ways of the Lord into our lives. Talking today about our spirit man, living by the spirit. Uh, this is something which is lost on so many people, and yet uh, it's so prevalent in the New Testament to know God by our spirit. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus. Paul wrote that, that your spirit, your soul, and your body, we are triune. We are made in God's image after God's likeness. So our spirit and soul, that's the eternal part of us. That's when people die, and like Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The parts, the inner man, the, the inward parts, spirit and soul, are what are the eternal part of us. That's where people are right now in heaven. Um, you know that you don't need your body uh, to live from the standpoint of an eternal being, because as anybody who's watching this knows, inside you feel the same as you did when you were a teenager, 20s, whatever the case is. Your body has changed around you, but internally you still feel like the same person. That's proof that your spirit and soul are eternal. Your body is temporal of this earth, and so it just changes around you. But living by the body, a lot of people know. Living by the soul, a lot of people know. The soul is your mind, your intellect, your will, your emotions. And a lot of people live, they think the Christian life, and they're living, they think it's by the spirit, but it's actually their soul that, that they're living by. And yet the word is full of scripture encouraging us to live by the spirit. And what that means is, for instance, not only, um, Let's say it this way. Jesus said in John 4, 24, that God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And my observation has been that many Christians don't know how to worship God out of the spirit. In fact, probably the number one reason, not the only reason, but the number one reason people have difficulty praying in tongues, praying in the spirit, is because they, they've never really been in touch with their spirit man, except for fleeting moments. And most worship... If you look at today in the auditorium church, most worship is actually out of the soul. And you can tell true worshipers uh, by whether they need music or not, whether they need that worship team or that band or not. A true worshiper worships out of their spirit. For instance, one time a, a house church leader uh, told me the story of how she was uh, driving along and complaining to the Lord. And she said, Lord, I miss the worship of the auditorium church. And he shot back to her and he said, you don't miss the worship, you miss the music. Worship is from the heart. And see, that's the big thing. A lot of times there's a there's a misnomer among the auditorium church that somehow worship leaders usher in the spirit of God or, or set the tone and everything else. But the reality is worship comes from the heart. And the best case scenario that the worship team is following the worship that comes from the congregation. So if, if all, if you came in on a, a Sunday morning to your church, whether it be house church or auditorium church, and, and there was no worship team, there was no CD playing, there was no uh, Bluetooth player, there was no MP3 to put in the speakers, and the leader said, hey, let's worship the Lord, would you know what to do? You see, it's true worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth. And what I mean by your spirit, man, is that this is the innermost being. This is where you 
look inside yourself and you come to the determination of why you are glad you're saved, uh, where you would be. You worship God out of love and appreciation and thankfulness out of your innermost being. And and uh, that's key. Uh, many things of, about the spirit man. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 14 and 15, he says, if I pray uh, in an unknown tongue, my spirit is praying, but my mind is unfruitful. My mind doesn't know what it's saying. And and if I if I sing in the spirit, then I don't understand. My mind doesn't understand. So the solution is, I will pray with my spirit. I will sing with my spirit. And out of your spirit, man, is is where that should come. The Father seeks such to worship in spirit and in truth, out of your innermost being, with a pure motive, no ulterior motives. Um, in Romans 8.26, it says that the Holy Spirit, uh, or 8.16 rather, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. How can you differentiate between your soul and the spirit man? The spirit man, let's, let's take it from the negative, because most people experience it in the negative first. Uh, you see it on movies, you see it on sitcoms, and it's because so many people have experienced it. Uh, perhaps it is that first, and I want to keep this G-rated, uh, intimate experience, and a person will come away and they will feel dirty. They will feel yucky inside. They'll feel like no amount of, of washing in the shower is going to get rid of the yuckiness or the, the dirtiness. It's the walk of shame. It's the, it's the self-loathing. You just feel this grievance on the inside. That is your mind recognizing that your spirit man is, is feeling dirty, is feeling yucky, is feeling grieved. And uh, we, we, the world puts it in different terms. Um, they talk about, uh, I've got a bad feeling about this. I, a person has a premonition. They have a heavy feeling about something. That's their spirit man. That's the Lord through the spirit man. Even before they knew the Lord, uh, the Lord trying to preserve them and bring them to the point of salvation. Uh, because there's a, there's a bad teaching out there that somehow says that before you're born again, uh, your spirit man is dead, quote unquote, like it doesn't exist. That's not true. Your spirit beings, you know, Hebrews 12, 9 and, and Zechariah 12, 1 also, and, and several other scriptures say that the Father God created your spirit. Well, he is life. He is light. He is love. He can only create that. Um, numerous scriptures, Romans chapter 7, Paul talks about how he was alive before the knowledge of good and evil came to him. And then the law killed him. And, and yet, who will set him free? It's, it's Jesus Christ who sets us free. Uh, Romans chapter 1 talks about acknowledging God as, as creator, and those who turn away from that says their foolish heart is darkened. So, you know, we're, we are like Adam and Eve. We are born alive to God. We haven't yet chosen. The babies have not yet chosen which tree they're going to eat from, so to speak. And so you're born alive to God. So a person uh, can eat of that tree and and their spirit man can can the spirit life of god can can depart or not be active or whatever the case is uh, like with adam and eve but adam and eve still walked and talked with god even though they were not even though they'd chosen the wrong tree and so it is that people can operate in the spirit realm i mean look at all the occult and everything else out there people can operate in the spirit realm their spirit man is active it is alive we all have eternal life it's just which kingdom are you spending that eternity in which what life what kind of life does your spirit man have and so anyway, the Father God is the, is the author of life. So, so uh, a person's spirit can feel that, even before they're born again, can feel grieved, a heaviness, uh, can feel light and airy. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I like that, uh, 9 through 16, uh, Paul writes um, in verses 13, 14, the things that we talk about are spiritually discerned, and a spiritual person will compare them, comparing spiritual with spiritual. And the the act of your mind picking up on what's going on in your spirit, 
That's how we Christians are supposed to live. In Luke 8, 46, Jesus was in a crowd being jostled on his way to Jairus' house and everyone's grabbing for him and everything else. And it says he, he perceived that power had gone out from him in Luke 8, 46. In Mark 2, 8, uh, a man is let down through the roof and the Lord looks at him and says, your sins are forgiven. And it says the scribes that sat there were thinking in themselves, who does this man think he is to forgive sins? Only God can do that. And it says in Mark 2, 8, that Jesus perceived their thoughts. He didn't read their mind. He perceived in his spirit what they were thinking. You see, your mind has to has to pick up on what's going on in your spirit, man. And this is where walking in the, in the spirit, worshiping uh, and living out of your spirit comes into comes into play. Praying in tongues is the number one way I have found for me personally to become sensitive, to remain sensitive, or to enhance the sensitivity to the things of the spirit. Because my spirit is praying, and it comes up through my soul and out my body. So I'm praying in the spirit, spirit, soul, body. And um, what other scriptures are there? Uh, Luke 10, 21, Jesus rejoiced in his spirit. In John 4, 24, Jesus said, God is a spirit. Uh, in John eleven thirty three, Jesus is at Lazarus' tomb and he groaned in his spirit. In John 13, 21, Jesus was troubled in his spirit. In Acts 17, 16, Paul came to, to Athens, which was given over to idolatry, and it says his spirit was stirred within him. In Acts 19, 21, Paul purposed in his spirit to go to Jerusalem. There's lots of scriptures about our spirit man being alive and active, and, and we, we purpose, we feel grieved, we feel light in our spirit. Um, and so we have to become aware of our spirit man. I urge you today that, that when you're, you're walking through life, yes, you pay attention to your physical senses, taste, touch, sight, smell, hearing, etc. But in your spirit man, you have those same senses where you can also, uh, taste, touch, sight, smell, hearing, uh, in the spirit realm. And so this is where in your spirit man, that's where people have heard angels. That's where people can smell the aroma of the Lord. That's where people say, I feel led this way, or I feel led that way, or I feel grieved by this, or I woke up this morning and my spirit was just rejoicing and this song was just coming out of me. Become aware of your spirit man. Uh, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 14 and 15, pray in your spirit, worship in your spirit, sing in your spirit, let your spirit man be activated. That's the number one way to be sensitive to the things of the, of, of the Holy Spirit. And by all means, develop personally. Perhaps this is first and foremost, a personal time of worship where you out of your heart, not out of your head. Now, here's, here's the way that happened to me. And this is the, the, this is the honest truth as a teenager. I was very cerebral. I had, um, a lot of trouble receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit because I was trying to think it through. I read every single book on the subject and, and, and how to contact my spirit man, how to be in touch, how to be aware of my spirit man was, was new to me. And the way I, I did it was I, I just got alone with myself and I started thinking about why I was happy to be saved. And I began worshiping the Lord. And frankly, I began worshiping out of the flesh about about how uh, thankful, you know, I was coming up with ways in my mind, ideas in my mind, why I was thankful I was saved. And pretty soon when I started doing that in my mind, pretty soon I started uh, from my innermost being coming down with the main purposes of why I was glad I was saved and why I was worshiping the Lord. And it shifted over from just things that I came up with in my soul to just things out of my spirit about how much I love the Father God and how much I love the Lord Jesus and how thankful I was. And it shifted and it transcended that. And see, that's the that's the thing I want to encourage you with now because it, it will help the flow of, of tongues in your in your prayer life. It'll help everything, but you have to develop this first and foremost. Again, what if all the worship music was taken away and it was just you and the Lord? Worship 
not out of the soul. You may start in the soul, but then it switches over. You just stay on it and you start thinking within yourself, well, how do I love the Lord? Why do I love the Lord? You see, the Father God is the Father of spirits. Hebrews 12.9 says, Zechariah 12.1, he says he forms the spirit of man within him. And so the Father being the Father of spirits, the Father is always attached to our purpose, our reason for living. Uh, there's always a purpose and a grace and a reason for living. And that's what's involved when you worship out of your spirit, man. That is what is involved. You are worshiping out of your spirit, out of your purpose in life, out of where you would be without him, out of where you hope to go. You're worshiping from deep inside. You may start in the flesh and say, Father, I thank you. You know, if I didn't, if I didn't have you, I'd be six feet under. I'd be in prison. Da, 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 da. You're going on. You're thinking this, that could happen to you. And pretty soon you get down to, to those moments of, of why you got saved and how you got saved. And you're so thankful. And, and you worship out of the spirit. You develop that, that awareness of your spirit man. Those nuances where you feel grieved, where you feel led, go left, go right, go this direction. You have a list of six things to do today. Something doesn't feel right. Follow that. Follow up with that. Hebrews 5.14 says, strong meat is by re, is for, uh, those, strong meat is for those who by reason of use, have trained their senses to discern between good and evil. It's by reason of use. It's trial and error. You've got a list of six things to do today. Something doesn't feel right, or you feel like you should do item number three, rearrange the schedule. Follow that leading. Follow that leading. What could it hurt to take that chance? You have all been there probably where you, you feel on the inside you should go a certain direction. In your head, you're saying, this doesn't make sense. It's 1 Corinthians 2.14. The things of the Spirit of God are foolishness to the things of the Spirit and the Spirit man. And you're sitting there arguing with the Lord. It's like, I don't want to do that. That doesn't make sense. And yet on the inside, this urge there. And you do according to your brain and what it says and your reasoning. And you come out on the other side. You find out it was a mistake. And you're going, oh, Lord, that was you. That was you leading me. Learn from the mistake. Learn what that felt like. Learn and remember when you were arguing with the Spirit of God within you. Learn and, and say, okay, next time I'm going to catch it and recognize what's going on while I'm still arguing with the Lord about which way to go. Do that. Make it a way of life. And, and it's a, it's a pattern. It's a way of life. It's a lifestyle. I, I've lived it for decades. And I'm telling you, it's, it's a rich life to be led by the Lord. You'll find the Lord is a lot more communicative than you realize. And he doesn't always speak, but he will always lead. And the words used in the New Testament, perceive, witness, discern, you'll have to pick those up in your spirit and you'll find that, that the vague move, he moves from the vague to the specific. And if you give yourself to that and, and, and follow his list of schedule for today, if you've got six things and item number three just seems to be important, or you're praying about a meeting at one o'clock in the afternoon or two o'clock at, at work, and you're sitting there and you just feel grieved by it, well, take some time to pray and discern and zero in and say, what is going on with that meeting? And, and you'll find that the Lord will lead you and guide you and communicate quite a bit. All right, John Finn, cwowi.org. Sign up for my weekly thoughts. Great teaching. Talk to you.